This is the AWC City Voice podcast, where we explore the issues that impact Washington cities. The Association of Washington Cities is a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that represents all 281 cities and towns before the state legislature, the state executive branch, and with regulatory agencies. Hello, everyone. This is Candace Bach, Government Relations Director for the Association of Washington Cities. And I'm joined today um, by our entire um, AWC lobbying team. Um, we've got Sharon, Logan, and Carl all here today. Say hello, everyone. Wonder of wonders. <laughs> same room. Right. It's pretty rare to get all of us in the same room during session. And we are here at the end of session. There are fewer than 10 days left, I believe. Um, so we are here right at the end of session to kind of reminisce a little bit, um, reflect, perhaps do a little therapy um, about what we've uh, gone through in the, the last nearly 105 day long session. We started back on January 14th. Um, we've been through quite a few issues, quite a few hearings, quite a few late night floor sessions. And I thought this would be a good chance just to sit back and sort of reflect on what um, has occurred and share with our members some of the issues that we've been working on, some of those um, reflections and um, some of those maybe some funny stories that have happened along the way, and then talk a little bit about um, what they can expect over the, the interim things we might like them to do. So um, that's what we're here to talk about today. I wanted to start just by asking folks um, what's some of the themes are um, from this session. Well, one that jumps to mind for me uh, working on housing issues is we've had way more bills around housing policy than than I can ever remember, um, certainly in my time at AWC and even before that. Um, usually the conversation is about resources and how do you put uh, more money into addressing subsidized housing or homeless shelters and that sort of thing. And this year there was a big emphasis on I, I used to joke around about it, like, we want something that we can do on housing that's free. And so there was a lot of interest in the regulatory environment and what cities are or are not doing in terms of supporting affordable housing and what are zoning and, you know, regulatory environment, um, what sort of effect that's having on the housing supply. So we had, um, you know, probably 100 bills on various versions of that that have all been filtered down to the point where... There's one big one still left to go. A handful of small ones have um, passed that were fine for cities, um, but it's taken up in a very significant portion of my time this year. Um, wasn't quite expecting quite that load. One of the big themes I saw this year was was new beginnings. There's a new Senate Majority Leader. This is the first big budget year since the uh, McCleary decision was satisfied by the legislature. And uh, this is the first big budget year that the Democrats will be in control of, of both chambers in, in a long time. I think in my issue area, um, public safety, the theme I most noticed was the community-based emphasis on building out not just the behavioral health services for addiction and mental health, but also looking at like less restrictive alternatives for folks, you know, maybe offenders reentering the community. So I think just, um, you know, having... A seat at the table to discuss where these facilities will go and what role our local communities will have was a, a theme that I noticed. Yeah, one of the the themes I picked up on um, that was maybe a little bit more disturbing was uh, around preemption of local control. I think that came out, Carl, in your issue areas around housing. Um, some of the work, Logan, you did on some new technologies in the transportation arena. Um, some areas that we saw around um, 
taxation, just uh, this idea that the legislature somehow knows better than local governments and local elected officials. And I think that's a theme that we've seen before, but again, noted this session and um, we that that we have to be really aware of and let our local elected officials know that they've got to be pushing it back against their legislators on those sorts of um, state down, top down decision making processes. Yeah, on a positive note on the housing stuff, at least there was uh, quite a lot of interest in that sort of thing. At the start of the session, it was fast and furious with preemption bills in terms of really very micromanagey sorts of things like how high your fence heights could be. And, you know, you can't have, uh, you know, any design standards for an ADU and you can't have, you know, can't require the doors to be on one side of the building or not. And it sort of seemed uh, fairly unnecessary for the legislature to reach down to that level of detail. Uh, ultimately, on the big bills, um, neither one passed either chamber with significant mandates in them. Um, so we've, you know, successfully, you know, I think convinced the bulk of the legislature that, you know, local governments need to be in charge of these sorts of things and that we can um, have support and assistance and incentives and um, encouragement and that sort of thing. But the the strict you must do it this way um, hasn't gotten gotten as much traction as I think some of the proponents thought it would. Uh, we were prepared for that months ahead of session, had lots of conversations with our legislative committee and our board about how we were going to approach these issues. So, um, you know, sort of saw that coming and tried to do our best to, you know, have our best arguments ready to go um, to fight back against that. Um, and so far, knock on wood, we haven't seen the bill completely pass yet, but we're in a pretty good shape on the density conversation and ADUs did not make it through the cutoff. Um yesterday. So uh, some of those uh, more preemptive bills, you know, so far are looking pretty good for us. That's that's good news. Um, and it's good to point out that we did, we needed to be prepared and we continue to need to be prepared to push back on those kinds of preemption arguments. You know, um, every session, I feel like there's always that issue that comes up that I either never heard of, just didn't expect. Uh, and it always takes up a, ends up taking up a lot more time than I would have ever guessed I would spend on something that wasn't maybe a priority um, or identified initially. Uh, so I wonder for um, for you guys if that is something you experienced, if there was that kind of bill or issue that popped up the session that took up a lot of time that you hadn't anticipated or maybe even heard of before. Yeah, something that I had never heard of before, um, the electric shared scooter devices, um, these bills came up in both chambers and were related to um, local regulation of um, these companies where they um, have electric scooters that folks can rent and, and ride on roads and sidewalks. And, and um, I had never heard about them or used them before. And so I spent a lot of time learning about them and um, advocating on our behalf. And to sort of tie back into that preemption conversation, the, those original bills, the original versions were um, heavily preemptive. And so we worked with the proponents of the bill and our other local government partners to ensure that um, that we can provide an opportunity and a legal space for those companies to operate as well as respecting local control. I think for me, the issue was food trucks. I obviously knew food trucks existed, uh, but I didn't realize it would raise issues of preemption. Uh, it was a pretty contentious conversation. And then I learned the difference between a fire marshal, a firefighter and a fire chief. 
So very educational. We always learn something new, I feel like, in these. Um, every session I've learned something new. So there you go. And I understand that the local government committee may do a food truck tour or visit. So you'll have to get in on that. Absolutely. Do a little field work. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> it hasn't been uh, one issue that kind of came out and dominated my time like happens in a lot of sessions. You know, maybe the ADU bill, but we sort of expected that that was going to um, be a fairly heavy topic. But the one that kind of caught by surprise and burned very brightly for a little while was the uh, Homelessness Bill of Rights, which um, kind of came out of a circuit court decision that um, clarified, you know, some rights of individuals without housing to survive in public um, and that they couldn't be uh, prosecuted for offenses that uh, they had no way to avoid because of the fact that they were homeless. Um, and that court case had a significant amount of nuance for cities in it that said essentially, you know, you can't have these sorts of laws that apply across the whole city uh, across the whole day. Uh, but we saw a proposal come out of um, some advocate organizations uh, that um, took that ruling and really um, went to a pretty strong uh, position on those issues, essentially said that people had the right to uh, camp in any public space inside public buildings when they were open, that there would be a new cause of action for um, folks to claim harassment from police if they were uh, um, <clears throat> contacted around any of these sorts of uh, nuisance crimes and things like that. And the original versions of that were very concerning in terms of how they would affect our ability to regulate um, public spaces and interact with the homeless community and how we you know, may have even been in legal jeopardy to provide services to folks. So it was um, a challenging conversation, a lot of emotion around it. Um, you know, it ultimately didn't move very far, and there's going to be further conversations in the interim. You know, is there a way to help cities think through how their ordinances can be best crafted to um, protect the constitutional rights of everyone involved, including the, the you know, non-homeless public to make sure that they have the right to... Um, make sure that everybody in the community has a has a place and that sort of thing. So um, that was a kind of out of left field, definitely a highly emotional topic for a little while. I know that one was a tough one to testify on. <laughs> um, for, for me, bid limits, uh, public works contracting ended up being a, a much bigger thing than I went into the session thinking. It wasn't really on our list of things to do, um, but right about the time session was beginning, um, one of our larger cities and one of our smaller cities uh, came forward and said we would really like to take a look at where bid limits are for um, where when a city can do work in-house as opposed to having to go out to bid. And um, so we, we got a bill um, moving and it turned out a lot of different local governments um, had other types of local governments, um, you know, water sewer districts, uh, counties, everybody had their own individual public works contracting bill floating around out there. And so the good chair um, in the Senate a local government committee decided it would be great to combine all those uh, various bills into one. Um, which meant that there was something for everybody to like and something for everybody to be uncomfortable with. So it ended up being a lot more of a contentious issue. But I think the end result was pretty good. At least that's what it's looking like so far. The bill passed the Senate and the House. Um, however, the House made some changes, so it needs to go back to the Senate for concurrence. Um, but we anticipate that the Senate will concur, and the end result for cities is an increase in the, those bid limits that I mentioned, and they'll be able to um, be a little, have a little bit more flexibility when it comes to public work contracting. So that's a good thing. Should potentially save um, taxpayer dollars in the long run. So, you know, there's always, there's always something. Um, maybe 
kind of along the same lines, but what were some of the most surprising and or unexpected things that happened this session? Not necessarily an issue. We just sort of talked about an issue that came up, but um, something that you were anticipating working on and didn't, or just one of those strange moments in the legislature um, that caught you by surprise. Well, it was a little surprising in the transportation space that the transportation network company bills uh, really didn't get very far this year. Uh, those have to do with Uber and Lyft, the regulation of those rideshare companies. And there's been a push uh, in the last four or five years to have a statewide regulatory system over those. And there was uh, a big study done in the interim um, through the Joint Transportation Committee and we were all geared up for um, a, a very um, a very large fight about it. And there had been ongoing negotiations during the interim, and um, the bills were heard. And um, that was about it. Everyone kind of went home, and it was a little surprising to, to be so well prepared for that and then um, to work on scooters most of the session. <laughs> <laughs> you came uh, ready for a fight, and then there everybody went home. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. For me, uh, one thing that I found interesting was the depth of um, personal feelings about ADUs among legislators. I had multiple legislators come up to me sort of out of the blue saying, I hate ADUs and they're so terrible. And it's like, wow, that's kind of interesting. I don't think of that as something that people would have strong feelings about. <laughs> you know, we've generally speaking, cities support ADUs and have been trying to get them, um, you know, allowed and encouraged in our communities. And then to hear from folks who just had very strong feelings in the opposite. And in some cases, it worked to our benefit because the bills that we were seeing were, you know, way over aggressive in terms of preemption for local authority. So it was um, helpful, but it was sort of surprising. It's just like, really, that's, you feel that strongly about ADUs? Okay, uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was a little surprised in that whole conversation as well about um, the level of interest in local zoning and uh, development regulations uh, right. that the legislators have their understanding of them yeah like out setbacks from the alleys and you know just like really you want to get down to that level of detail all right don't you have something else to be working on yeah. <laughs> well mccleary's done so <laughs> um you know for me uh prevailing wage was an issue that um, i expected to spend a lot of time working on during the session last last session there was a bill that came out um, and once it was implemented, it really dramatically increased prevailing wage rates, particularly for landscape maintenance costs. And um, we had been asking the Department of Labor and Industries to take another look at that. Um, they had said that there wasn't really anything they could do. So it looked like our only solution was to go to the legislature and ask for a legislative change. And so we had started to have those conversations with various legislators about a bill um, and then uh, the Department of Labor and Industries came back and said, no, wait, we think we can maybe work something out in, uh, in a rulemaking process. And, um, and that's where, where we ended up. We didn't have a bill. The department initiated emergency rulemaking in early March, um, put new uh, wage rates into effect immediately and sort of resolved that issue in the the near term, there'll be a longer term conversation about it as they go through a full rulemaking process. But that's one where I expected to spend a lot of time working a bill. And then um, we were able to work with the agency and just sort it out. So that was kind of a nice, nice treat. 
Well, this was my first uh, session as a lobbyist. So, so everything was surprising. Everything was surprising and a little bit new. Um, but I think the ones that stick out for me the most were the canceling of CAD, because I was very much looking forward to that. And I know we put a lot of work into it, but it was the right decision. Um, and then what we are calling Snowpocalypse, or was it Snowmageddon? Yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting to, to see people, in some cases, literally trekking into the office and the legislature. And, and then, of course, my highlight was the snow boot fashion show. Yeah, that was great. Chasing uh, people around. Where'd you get those? Where'd you get those? Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, yeah. Footwear is always an interesting topic in the legislature. People back home would probably be surprised at how much time we spend talking about um, how comfortable our shoes are. Uh, or, for, not. or not. Or not. Or uh, not. Yeah. When it comes to spending hours standing on marble floors. But so snow boots was a nice yeah. change of pace. Right. And being told we could actually officially wear snow boots. It's like, I don't know that we were debating that option. <laughs> no, we didn't ask for permission. Yeah. <laughs> but that was that was the most interesting part for me. Yeah, you're right about how disappointing um, it was for us to have to cancel CAD. Uh, I know our members look forward to that, as do we. Um, and it was it was a tough decision, but uh, the snow just made that not safe um, for everyone. And, and as you said, it was a good call, but it was disappointing. So looking forward to next year. Nobody has heard that they're going to add a couple of days to session like they would have for school. Oh, gosh, bite your tongue, Carl. <laughs> Don't start that rumor. Don't start That's that rumor. Enough. You know how rumors get started in the legislature. <laughs> All it takes is one person saying they heard a rumor. So what were some of your just takeaways um, from the session and um, kind of moments to that we want to share with our members back home um, on what, what we learned, what we'd like them to be thinking about over the interim? I think the use of interim is vital. I think seeing legislative session as an all-year-round process um, because I would defer to the rest of you on what you think, but I think uh, the key with success of the legislature is the relationships and the communication. And so I think having an ongoing dialogue all year with you know, your county friends, your um, colleagues in the community, let us know what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what issues are popping up, so that we can start looking into those, start talking to our legislators during interim when they have more time and they're more available, they're home in their communities. I think um, utilizing that is, it's key to success going forward. But that that's as a, my newbie perspective. I think that's a good one. Yeah. I think one of the big takeaways for me is how much need there is for transportation funding. This is the um, this has been the first year of a transportation package proposal from uh, the Senate. It was seventeen billion dollars, and normally those those packages take a few years to get um, to actually get to the point where they're ready to be enacted. And um, so, I think one of the big takeaways is that folks should be engaged on th- on this, and um, it's it, it's going to take a lot of work, but eventually, I think we'll get there. And it, there's a study coming out from the Joint Transportation Commission this summer, right, on um, cities' transportation needs? Yeah, there's a JTC study that will be out in June, um, and it will be looking at the city fiscal conditions on kind of where we've been and and where we need to to go. And um, I think that's going to be a big topic for us for next session, Um, and that comes out in June and will actually be presented at the JTC meeting um, prior to uh, our AWC conference in June. So... Yeah, I guess one positive takeaway I have is the half dozen times in this course of this session where I was surprised and pleased at how 
legislators were parroting back the same sorts of messages that um, we're always asking you guys as our members to deliver in terms of, you know, one size not fitting all and the need to have local discretion and control and, you know, the difficulties that come with unfunded mandates and um, maybe more so than any other session I can remember. Um, we haven't had to be, you know, making that case as um, sort of starting from scratch on some of these things. It was sort of implied that that was a um, feature that the legislature wanted to preserve, or at least a good portion of them did. Uh, and so on a number of the bills that had pretty hefty preemptions in my area, that sort of philosophy had sunk in amongst enough legislators that, you know, those sort of mandatory approaches and that sort of thing were, um, you know, getting a lot of heat from legislators, not not just sort of folks that we were talking to, to who we knew we were allies, but uh, folks that sometimes we didn't even expect who were making those sorts of arguments. So that was really cool and an indication of sort of what Sharon said, that how important it is to uh, continue those relationships with your delegation and make sure that they're hearing from you about what the impact of what they're thinking about doing in Olympia is on your bottom line and your ability to um, pursue the priorities that your community has established for itself and that your your uh, residents think are important. Um, and I think we're all doing a pretty good job of that. So it's a, it's a matter of keeping it up. I'd agree. It's always really nice um, when the legislators are echoing um, the messaging that we've been sharing for years. Um, I think I've heard that quite a bit this session around unfunded mandates. Uh, they're they seem to have gotten that message and they, they certainly use it at least when it's convenient for them. Um, I have some of the same concerns um, with infrastructure funding that Logan mentioned with transportation funding. We're still struggling to um, show them the value of things like the Public Works Trust Fund. And that's maybe not totally accurate. They see the value in it, but they keep taking the money out of it um, because they, they feel like their needs are um, more dire than local needs when it comes to funding projects. So that's an area where we need to um, keep keep messaging uh, and keep sharing those infrastructure needs. And uh, again, echoing what was said about the value of interim. This is the perfect time to be taking your legislators on a tour of your infrastructure and showing them firsthand those infrastructure needs and those um, sewer pipes and water pipes that need replacement uh, and where, where how that's impacting your community. And, um, you know, this is this is the time to do that, to, to have those tours, to do that, reach um, out to your legislators, schedule those meetings, invite them to council meetings, whatever it takes to do that kind of interim engagement. It really is a year-round process. Any fun process stories anybody wants to share? <laughs> I got one. So uh, we mentioned all these housing bills. And so we were so close to done. And then we found out that we had one more amendment that we really needed to get to make sure that the appeals protection that was created by the bill was um, uh, appropriately scoped and provided um, protection for local governments to make decisions and not get bogged down in appeals once you've done that. And uh, so we had a bill that was basically ready to have the final vote and be sent to the governor's office. So one step away... And just in order to make that small amendment, we have to have a vote in the House to not concur with the Senate. And then we have to send it back to the Senate, get 60% of the senators to agree to roll it back for an amendment, then get an amendment voted on, then get the bill voted on again, then get the House to concur on it again. And we were so one step away from like the biggest bill I've been working on all session long being done. And now there's like five more votes to sweat through. So uh, and what is it, 10 days to do it in? So um Wish us luck. We'll be in good shape, hopefully. But uh, yeah, that was that was painful. 
You know, um, my moment like that um, came on um, April 17th, the final cutoff for getting bills out of the house. And I've been working on our public records bill all session. It's um, completely non-controversial. It fixes some things around the reporting requirements. It uh, eliminates the sunset to fund the technical assistance program and the grant program through the archivist's office. Uh, it came out of the House unanimously. I've never had a public records bill pass mm -hmm. anything unanimously. It um, came out of the Senate or the State Government Committee unanimously, Ways and Means unanimously. Um, and then it just kind of got stalled uh, coming up for a floor vote. And I was giving up all hope and uh, right before that cutoff. And then it came up on the, the run list at like four 40 um, before the five o'clock deadline. And so there was some hope. And then they went into kind of full meltdown mode on the floor of the Senate um, over the five o'clock bill and uh, vaccines, vaccines and parliamentary procedure and a call of the Senate. Um, it, so they kind of every parliamentary trick they had um, and delayed action. And so my bill did not move but hope springs eternal we're trying to get it declared necessary to implement the budget since it was in the house budget and keep it alive and see if we can get it um out before uh, april 28th so wish me luck april 28th at midnight at midnight right, right. <laughs> <laughs> got a few more hours on That's the 28th right. so maybe, maybe it it's done. the go home bill <laughs> Um, well, thanks to Sharon, Logan, and Carl for sharing some of the um, session uh, recaps and interesting things that happened. And again, those uh, tips for what our members can be doing over the interim. Uh, again, session wraps up on April 28th. Our session wrap-up bulletin will go out on May 20th. Um, so watch for that in your inbox. And we will have a session wrap-up webinar on May 29th. So you can register for that now. And at that point, we'll be able to share what happened with some of these bills and issues and um, the governor's action on them as well as all of the, the final uh, tidbits from session. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Candice. Thank Thanks. you.